Hello and welcome to the second episode of The Crime Pod. I'm Sam. And I'm Caitlin. Today we're going to talk about a case that is very on topic at the minute and we hope it can give you some clarity to the fact that racism still very much exists in Scotland and the UK as a whole. This is a story of one of Police Scotland's most controversial cases. A young man who died under Scottish police custody. His name was Sheku Bayo. Sheku was a 31-year-old male who was originally born in Sierra Leone. He moved over to Scotland when he was age 12 and then to Kirkcaldy to live with his sister at age 17. He had two sons, Tyler, who was age 3, and Isaac, who was only three months old, and he was currently living with Isaac's mother, Colette. He was a trainee gas engineer at British Gas. Sheku had his whole life ahead of him, and his sister said that he had so many plans for his two sons. However, that was all cut short of the events of May the 3rd, 2015. So it all started in the early morning. He was at his friend Martin's house and he was round watching the boxing match. So my knowledge on boxing isn't great, but I do no. know that it's always at silly o'clock because it's, is it in Las Vegas, I think? Yeah, a lot of it's it. always broadcast so, from America. So the time differences are crazy. So it was just what a lot of people do is they go to mm-hmm. people's houses um, and they watch the boxing and you have a few drinks. So when they arrived at his friend's house, they noticed that he was under the influence of drugs. During the night, he began acting strange and his friends described him as being confused and disorientated. So he apologised and then he left. Now, a friend that was there that night actually escorted him home. And when they got back to his, he actually attacked the friend. So the friend left him at his house. And just before 7am, he took a kitchen knife and he leaves his home and begins walking up and down the streets. So according to multiple witnesses who had mm-hmm. called the police, they had called them in just to say that they believed there was a man walking about the streets with a knife who looked to be high off of drugs and or alcohol. It, obviously, it was from afar, and when you're calling the police, they didn't actually yeah, know yeah. what it was. I think if you saw somebody, like, kind of waving a knife around and, like, chasing cars and stuff, you'd be assuming that, which sounds bad, but, you know. No, absolutely, because why else, in a way, in this quiet street in Kirkcaldy in Fife... At 7am... Yeah, in the morning, on a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. why would someone be doing that? Mm-hmm. So it only took 20 minutes for the first two police to arrive. So at 7.20, they came speeding in their van with their lights and sirens on. So the two police officers get out and they confront him. And then they're quickly joined by another couple of officers. So this whole form of events that we're about to talk about lasts 42 seconds. So less than a minute. So by the time the police officers intercepted Sheku, he no longer had the knife that people were talking about on the phone. However, they restrained him, put him on the ground with leg restraints and handcuffs. Within three to four minutes, he was unresponsive and an ambulance was called out by the police while they were doing CPR. The ambulance took eight minutes to get there. It turned up at the scene and took him to the hospital, where he was pronounced dead. Very quickly after all this, an investigation begins and the family actually hold a press conference on the 14th of May. Within hours of this press conference basically asking what happened, the Scottish Police Federation got its version of events out there, calling it an unprovoked violent attack. I I now want to talk through the police's version of events and then I want to kind of take apart the police's version of events because a lot of it doesn't add up. So I'm just going to go through that. The first two officers said that when they arrived, they asked him to get down and he refused. They couldn't see a weapon on him. 
but as he started walking towards them, they both sprayed him with their pepper and CS spray. The next two officers arrived and they used another full bottle of CS spray on him and then brought out their batons. The female officer, who was also there at the time, asked him to put his hands behind his back or she would strike, to which he seemed to encourage. An altercation occurs which the woman police officer ends up on the floor and three statements say that he began raising his arms and full-on stamped on her back. They then restrain him using protocol in which he is hit five times with one of the police officer's batons, two of these blows going straight to the head. When arrived back at the station, the officers are warned not to confer. However, no officers involved give a statement that day. Officers were advised not to give statements and actually didn't speak to investigators for 32 days after this happened. But I don't know about you, but like I can't tell you what, like I know a big event happens, but you're going to have a completely different version of the event in 32 days' time. Oh, absolutely. Um, and you've got about nine different people, nine different mm-hmm. version events. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got one dead victim Mm -hmm. who can't give you a version of events Mm -hmm. 32 days later is just it's mad absolutely mad and I'm almost certain that should not be part of protocol no so there's that's quite a big fault in the system already of this case so one of the larger flaws in this statement from two of the male police officers they mentioned that Sheku had knocked one of the women police officers onto the ground and then was stamping full force on her back. Now, the woman officer who was on the ground and three civilian witnesses do not mention anything about her being stamped on the ground. So from CCTV, you can actually see that the woman officer was on the ground and within about five seconds, Sheku was violently taken to the ground by a couple of officers while the lady just seemed to carefully get up from the ground. So he in no way had enough time to violently stomp on her. So Mm -hmm. the woman officer and witnesses contradict the two male officers' statements. And what also contradicts the fact was that, yes, the lady had a couple of head injuries, but that could have been just from the fall. You know, we've all fallen. You can hit Mm -hmm. your head and and you get a wee scrape or anything like that but she did not have any injuries on her back and if this man who they say was violent and stomping on this woman's back there would be at least one mark Mm -hmm. yeah and I feel like your back getting stomped on is an injury that would probably take you down for a while but you wouldn't just forget to mention it in a statement no you would remember it for a while yeah yeah and what doesn't sit right with me is that nobody else seemed to see this happen and I've watched the CCTV, you've watched the CCTV, you don't see it at all. There's no kind of even emotion that could look like stamping. No, not at all. What you do see is the two male officers that are making this statement be violent towards Sheku mm-hmm. and drag mm-hmm. him to the ground. So they're trying to cover up what they've done and they mm-hmm. know it's wrong what they've done. Yeah, so they're absolutely. just trying to make more excuses to cover themselves up. Yeah, yeah. I actually have another argument against the police statements, which is the talking about the restraint of Sheku. So in a statement, they actually said they held them down for a maximum 30 seconds, which they described was basic textbook police officer for them. And they knew what they were doing. He didn't scream. They just restrained him as they had to in protocol. However, a witness came forward and said the officers lay on top of him for around five minutes. And one of these officers was actually twice Sheku's weight. Whilst he had people lying on top of him, he was screaming, begging for them to get off, and people were witnessing this happen. 
CCTV also shows there is somebody lying across his back and there's also somebody lying across his legs. He was restrained down by six different police officers, which, do you know, six they're men. saying, yeah, yeah, they're saying basic textbook police officers, they're told what, like, how to restrain. But, do you know, six police officers physically lying on top of him as well for around five minutes. That's definitely not textbook work. You're not mm, taught that's to not lie needed. across someone. No, not at all. That's not needed. They've went into the situation and riled it up so much more. They've not went in with a calming mindset at all. Mm-hmm. No, and definitely. I feel that the reason for this is because he was black. It, you can't even say it's because he had a knife. Because mm-hmm. at the time, he didn't. When the police arrived, well, that... he did not have mm-hmm. a knife. Yeah, well, one of the things they actually used to defend this is the the police actually said that they thought this was because it was a terrorist attack. And they linked this very weakly to the Lee Rigby case, which happened, do you remember that, two years prior in London? Mm-hmm. Horrendous thing, but I don't believe these are connected at all. They believed it was a terrorist attack due to, in a police officer's words, his colour and terrorist connotations. Now... That just Scotland. screams racism. <laughs> that screams racism. Yeah. In Scotland's knife crime is absolutely horrendous. It's something I've read in a lot, a lot of cases I look at we're going to do our knife crimes. And a lot of those people are white. And, you know, we can't call terrorists every time we see somebody, see somebody with a knife. We can't do that. Do you know, that doesn't, do you know, we can't just, even if it's they're white or the black, you just can't see someone with a knife and scream terrorist. No, not at all. And the thing is, they don't do that if they mm-hmm. are white with mm-hmm. a knife. They are called thugs or mm-hmm. oh he's just troubled you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they they, ne- they do not scream terrorists mm-hmm. also there's just a couple of things as well i think linking it to the lee rugby case and their arguments for it i don't know how these were allowed to be published like the people that attacked lee rugby are a complete different ethnicity to shake it completely different mm-hmm. and that is just horrendous that they've been able to say oh well yeah due to his color and terrorist connotations like that is just so ignorant also my main argument for this being a lie is at the scene nobody said it was a terrorist attack they never called up to the other officers they never called for backup they never called to the control center saying that this was a terrorist attack which i watched interviews and they said of course you would do that if you were out there and you thought you were dealing with a terrorist you would 100 percent radio and let somebody know that's what you're dealing with this wasn't mentioned until these statements were taken a month later that is when, just you know, crazy you've thought about it and you've thought about it and you've thought how am i going to get myself at this situation oh, oh yeah. i know i'll use the terrorist card yeah i thought it was a terrorist because then i was doing everything no i'm sorry and i think that's such a weak argument and i think it's actually disgusting it's been compared to the lead the case because it's just pure ignorance absolutely another female officer said this officer believed that she was about to be murdered he was massive and is the biggest male that i have seen well, that's just not true. No. And I can tell you some facts to cover it, but also common sense from you and I, I really don't think that Sheku was the biggest man that she's ever seen. No. He wasn't even the biggest male that was there that day. He was, however, the only black man. Yep. So if you put to the fact, you know, they're they're going in there, and comparing it to the Lee Rigby situation, that would maybe say that that's when she thought she could have got murdered. 
But this wasn't a terrorist attack and she did not have any proof of this at all. No, and so, she was not she was not thinking about that at that time. Exactly. So this is what her words, she'll have said that, like you said, a month later, and this is what she was thinking that she'll get away with. But she didn't think to, you know, just realise that three of the male officers who she was there with that day were taller than him and weighed more. They were significantly so two, taller than him as well. They were. So two of them were six foot four. One was of proportionate build to his height. The other one was 25 stone. The third officer was five foot 11 and a half and he weighed 14 stone. Sheku was a muscly five foot 10 weighing 12 stone 10 pounds. So there's a few differences there. Albeit mm -hmm. the female was five foot one and a half and she weighed eight stone, but that gives her no right to say that he was the biggest man that I'd ever seen. I thought I was going to get murdered. No, because even if you were face to face with somebody, do you know? No, and he wasn't giant. He's not a giant. No, exactly. And fair enough, she could that statement that she just said could be about any one of the two six foot four men, you know? Because mm -hmm. That that could have been the biggest man that she's yeah, seen that, that day. Yeah. So that's quite a big one. And it also just proves that it's also racism because saying I thought I was going to get murdered because you see a big black male walking down the street, that's it's just racism because I can guarantee you that if he was white, she would not have said that. Unless the white man was acting crazy and was, you know, had a gun or a knife or anything. That's when you would then say, I was a bit. I was I about think to be that's murdered. I think we need to keep going back on the stand. We didn't have a knife. Like they actually never saw him with the knife, and he showed his hands. And even if they thought he was hiding it on his body, he wasn't wielding a knife at them. No, not at all. And this whole thing—they were just violent from the get-go. They were mm. not calm in this situation. They were just no, no. out to get this man. And no matter what, it's just yeah. You know, what know. highlights the violence that was used actually is the autopsy report. Um, so his official cause of death was sudden death in a man intoxicated by drugs whilst being restrained. However, he had 23 separate injuries to his body. So this went from cracked ribs to he had wounds on his skull from batting strikes. But the main one that got to me was he had burst blood vessels in his eyes, which to me is possible asphyxiation, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, Because that's the thing. Yeah. Like, am I wrong or? No, no, I agree because especially like, that's how that's how like how else would blood vessels in your eyes burst unless you were being strained so much? Mm -hmm. Um, it did also show up in the report that he had taken drugs, so he took MDMA, and he also took the psychostimulant known as Flaca, which I've heard it described as before, and I read up on it, and it is known as like a zombie drug. So it does; it completely changes you, and okay. you come across like a zombie basically so kind so, of like how he how he was how acting he was, yeah how he was house. acting yeah yeah and how he was walking up and down the street and looked disorientated and you know but the thing that's not get the thing that's getting to me is i could phone up the police and say i think somebody's on drugs there is no confirmation so when they arrived someone suspected he was on drugs but there was no proof of that so like what if he was having like a psychotic break or like he a could mental have just been ill uh -huh. yeah like he could have, no one knew who this guy was. He could have had schizophrenia. He could have had anything. And they never handled him with any compassion or care. 
like there was just nothing and that's what I watched an interview with his sister and that's what she said there was just absolutely no compassion it was just straight up like he's violent he's gonna hurt us instead of actually trying to calm the situation down and actually try and talk to him like I don't think they ever properly tried to talk to him I think the police even said in their statements the minute they got out of the car they just like they shouted at him shouted at him and floored him it was mm-hmm. all under all under a minute this all happened and there was no way that if there if there was a man there who was having a mental breakdown you cannot calm him down within a minute of mm-hmm. talking so they didn't mm-hmm. think at all no I just think this is a massive massive failure from the police and even if he was kicking off and hitting police officers and stuff how he he should not have died in police custody um, no something that really stuck out to me was on the day that it happened obviously none of the police officers that were there gave statements were all told not to confer with each other but one of the senior officers at the station actually wrote a statement from that day and this was an official police document and he wrote that the officers attended reports of a male with a machete who then struck a female officer with the machete sorry a machete (laughs) literally I've just wrote in my notes loads of question marks next to this because I really don't understand like walking down the street in Kirkcaldy with a machete like that's the thing there was never a machete used so how did this get to the stage where someone officially wrote it down in a document who even told this police officer who wrote this document uh like and also I'd like to think if a female officer was struck with a machete you'd you'd know 100% that she was she definitely know this woman had no injuries that could have even looked like machete injuries so like i just feel from the police it's just been like a shambles from the (laughs) get-go yeah it just doesn't make any sense like i just don't get it i don't understand this that thing at all like i don't even know where to go speaking about it i really don't know one thing um that i'm going to mention is one of the police officers who was there constable alan payton Mm-hmm. he had a history of violence and he had recently admitted to hating black people like yeah. if that doesn't help with with your mm. answer with your question of saying i don't know how this yeah could have happened maybe he could have had quite a lot to do with it mm-hmm. well, he, yeah, he's I... someone who even violently attacked his parents yeah, like months after it happened as well. Uh-huh. So, and, and for him to openly admit to hating black people and still be a police officer... Well, he's on paid leave. He's been on paid leave for at least three years. He should not be getting paid a dime. In my personal opinion, he shouldn't be a police officer at all. No. Five years on and the family are still fighting for justice and not one of the police officers involved have even faced any charges. The family are working closely with the charity Inquest and I've watched a bit of an interview on them and they said that there's a pattern when someone dies of restraint as they begin to demonise the victim to try and distract the public of what happened. And after reading articles about this, that makes so much sense. The words violent, the words attack, the words huge to describe him are all used. There's never any about his personality or the person that he actually was before this all happened, you know? Mm-hmm. it's down to a T that's exactly what happened mm-hmm. um, following that I'll just say that in November 2019 so late last year the Scottish government announced a public inquiry into the death of Sheku so this inquiry it will look into what happened before 
during and after his death. So, and it will also investigate whether his actual or perceived race played any role. But no date has yet been set for the inquiry to open. I feel though, with Mm. everything that's going on in the world, I really, really hope that it's very soon. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I think the BLM movement is fantastic and I think this definitely will bring this case back up, you know, for a lot of people they'll be reminded of him. One thing I would just like to say, I, I don't know if it's the same with you, but to be honest, back in 2015, I hadn't really heard of this case. There wasn't no. as big an uproar as there should have been. I was about 19 years old yeah, and yeah. I, I, I watched the news, don't get me wrong, but I do not remember this case. It's only now that everything that's happening that I've, I've began to research it and really find out what has been going on but if you go back to when we were say 10 years old and things there's cases that really stick with us and are still in the news that that did go on at the time so it's not to say that oh I was only 19 I didn't see I didn't watch the news that day I should have this should have been much larger than it was we should still be remembering this Over the last 30 years, more than 1,000 people have died in the UK police custody. In those deaths where restraint was a factor, the person was twice as likely to be black, Asian or of ethnic minority. Obviously, everyone knows what's going on in America with the uproar after the George Floyd incident. But this case is so similar and it's disgraceful how many people haven't heard of it. I know so many people that are looking at what's going on in America and all over the world and not thinking it affects us here but it does it might not be as common but it ha- racism happens everywhere and that needs to stop. In the blurb of this episode we have attached a petition that is set up by Sheku's family to go to Nicola Sturgeon who's the First Minister of Scotland to get this case reopened and looked at if you could please take a minute of your time just to sign it, it doesn't take long we've both signed it and hopefully Finally, after five years, Sheku will get the justice that he deserves.